If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their Ginger Lime Mule and Grapefruit Paloma, which happen to be my favorites. You can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash autocallMAFS. You guys know I don't drink very much. So Recess is a great substitute while everybody else imbibes. It's a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like uplifting guayusa and stress-balancing adaptogens. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallMAFS so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hello, Aid. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I can't believe we're like in the last week of February. Like 2021 is just rushing by like 2020. So thank goodness. I just want warm weather. I want to go outside. <laughs> I enjoyed the snow now that I had it. Now I'm 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 over it. I'm done with it. Yeah. Spring is around the corner. So as always, we have a lot to talk about this episode, but we also have things we want to talk about before we get into the episode. So, do you have some housekeeping notes? Hey, guys. Last week, we had a very prolific week putting out three podcasts. Mm-hmm. And it was all just kind of like a coincidence. We happened to have some breaking news from Dr. Pepper that we just really had some thoughts on that we wanted to share with you. And then we had our bonus episode preview on Nigerian weddings. Um, and uh, you can find the full episode on Patreon at patreon.com slash altercallMAFS. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with Patreon, it's a way to support the show. Um, We have three different tiers. At the $5 tier, you get all of our bonus episodes. At the $10 tier, you get all of our episodes ad-free, plus the bonus episodes, plus you get the episodes early. Little little sneak peek before everybody else. And then at the $50 tier, you can commission episodes, plus everything else I just mentioned. Um, And Patreon is a system where you get charged every month, um, you sign up. Besides us, there's a lot of cool creative people doing things on Patreon that you can support. So check it out if you're interested. Thanks for that, Aid. No worries. (laughs) And uh, now we will dive into our regular programming. (laughs) What happened on Couples Cam and social media this week, Tane? 
Oh, I don't know. You know, on social media, maybe Karen and Miles, Woody and Amalni just retweeting their bridal photo shoot over and over and over and over <laughs> again. Now, guys, <laughs> it was gorgeous. I am not taking that away from them. It was amazing. It was great. But, you know, the feelings pass after, like, is it a week or two now? <laughs> I can't. And it's if you space it out, like if they could just put out one a week to remind, but it is very clear that they are very, very proud of this photo shoot, the accompanying video, the love from the internet. Like they are just soaking it all in, but each day you open up their social media and look at us in our moon and suit again. (laughs) (laughs) And don't get me wrong. We were one of those because again, that was really good, but I'm not going to lie to you, Aid. I thought about Taylor from the DC season. <laughs> this is what she was looking for on her season. She wanted to find her man and write it out on social media and get out there to the world. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she got a lemon in Brandon, so. That magazine cover never came her way. Poor Taylor. Did, poor Taylor. But anyways, um, the big news is Deanna and Greg announced that they're having a boy. I don't think I'm ever going to stop feeling so happy for them. Like, I feel like it's renewed happiness every time I see them, every time I hear about them, every time I watch them on Couples Game, I'm like, oh my God, they're actually having a baby. Like their journey is still so fascinating to me. <laughs> I'm so happy for them. And someone pointed out that they are the first married at first sight couple to have a boy for a first child. Apparently everybody who's had a baby had a girl first. Oh, yeah, that is true. <laughs> Good for and them. And their photo shoot looked gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, good for them. So I'm, I find myself also looking out for like every time I see you post, like, is this the one? Is the baby here? Is the baby here? So safe delivery and good vibes and good wishes to them. And the last social media update is so weird, but so on brand. It's about Jake. So I don't know if you guys saw, but there's a photo circulating with Jake in his bodybuilding days, and he is in his Speedo. And for some reason, the chatter is about his package. And these people never learn. And he went on Reddit to go defend himself. (laughs) (laughs) This is not it at all. But he went in there to talk about when you squish it in tight and he holds it. And he's proud of his package. That he's above average. And average six inches. But you know, and I'm like, oh my God, Jake. And then he's like, hopefully we move on. And this isn't the introduction I want for myself. Talking about myself, we talk about others. I'm like, Jake. Like, we love Jake. Alta Call, the ladies of Alta Call love Jake. But, you know, we also understand that Jake is um Jake. (laughs) So I thought I'd share with you guys that uh, Jake was on Reddit defending his package. Every year, every year, people get on social media to defend themselves. (laughs) And every year, it does not work. First off, the the number of people on, well, I guess no one on the show saw his his bodybuilding picture. I saw the picture. I didn't know he went on Reddit to go defend himself. (laughs) He did. (laughs) I don't even, I have no words. He should have just left it alone. Just Just leave it alone. (laughs) <laughs> just leave it. I think that is like almost for every celeb or whatever. Even when I see celebs, when people are going off, and I was like, please, we're so fickle. 
these days, it'll pass. Just just let it be. Something else will happen. Chris is gonna post something and no one's gonna care. So, you know. But um, yeah, that's it for social media. I'll move on to couples cam. And my first question is are Amelia and Bennett alive? Where are they? <laughs> I didn't watch Couples Cam this week. Uh, so still no Amelia and Bennett. <laughs> yeah. That is the oddest thing to me. Like they introduced them and all that. And we have not seen even a snippet of it. And I think this season they're struggling with how to pace out or space out their couples. Like how to give time, what to talk about. I don't know. Maybe just lost, like maybe just lost the plot. I don't know. But We'll go with, with the couples. We had Woody and Amani. Woody and Amani, I, I I wonder how they even have time to film anything for couples cam because I think they're like the they're very active on social media. Like they're always like on Instagram. But they this week their storyline was about waxing. Amani said she had errands and she was gonna go wax, and then she asked Woody if he wanted to wax. He goes no. And they ended up with a compromise where She'd do paintballing and then he'll do waxing. I don't know if that's a fair exchange, but uh, okay. But they do a home wax and he barely had any chest hair, but that really was about it um, for both of them. Um, Greg and Deanna, Greg and Deanna just played the newlywed baby game. And the question was whether her dog, well, their dog now, do dogs get jealous of babies? And the answer was? I don't know that there was an answer because he got like a plastic baby and you know she was receptive but that's a plastic baby but I actually don't know if <laughs> she was worried that you know the dog was going to feel left out and greg was like no she's not but i never actually thought about that if dogs get jealous because i see dogs being very protective so i don't think so people love to post pictures of their dogs being very cute with their babies meanwhile i'm like you know if that thing bites it Anyway, <laughs> yeah, y'all know how I feel about the animals. So, <laughs> um, Jamie and Dog made an appearance. The whole thing was her just trying to get. He says that he's not convinced about moving to Florida, and she was trying to convince him that Florida is great. And they went to the beach, and they went to a, I think like it's not a zoo. It's like a reserve, an animal reserve or something like that. And it wasn't interesting. It was Jamie and Doug. And <laughs> I need to stop doing that. I, I'm sure there are Jamie and Doug fans out there. Sorry. But yeah, that I was their... found them. I haven't I have... found them. <laughs> but that was their storyline. Um, we had Danielle and Bobby. Um, she was feeling painful contractions and she got tested for preterm labor and it was negative. And, you know, I think about Danielle sometimes and I'm like, if I was in that stage of life, where you know kids and toddlers i think she would be very helpful every time i go on her page she is posting something else and telling something else that could be helpful but i think because i'm not in that stage of life i'm just uninterested but i mean i was just glad that the baby was okay i mean now i know the baby is fine but it's weird because we're watching it backwards she's just six months pregnant now and i'm still like oh my god is she okay <laughs> that's weird Beth and Jamie, they are moving to Santa Barbara. I feel like they've been saying this forever, but they're finally doing it. And they rented a house on scene. This is the second time I'm seeing this on social media, except the other one I saw, I mean, on reality TV, except the other show was they bought a house on scene. And I'm like, who rents a house on scene? I am not that much of a risk taker. But the big thing was they couldn't find a truck. 
There was no trucks available for them to move. Beth comes up with the idea that they should drive down in their car, find a truck over there, and then come back. So they drove over there, saw the house. It was really nice, I have to say. Um, And then they drove back, and then they went back the same day. I had to Google how far it was. It is five hours. So they drove five hours, picked up a truck, came back, loaded the truck, and moved? Yeah. Then drove the truck back five hours to its original destination? Santa Barbara was the original destination. So it was three times, I think. They drove down to Santa Barbara, went Santa Barbara back to, I want to say, San Diego, and then drove right back to Santa Barbara. So, yeah. So the last couple was Jessica and Austin. I know I usually say that they're boring, but they were the highlight of this episode. So we start by, you know, Austin is on the job market. He has been doing anything. He had an interview, which he bombed. And in the beginning, (laughs) um, Doug asked him, did you tell them that you're on Lifetime? And I'm like, (laughs) why are they cloud chasing? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just wondering, like, if I was an employer, like, does that affect hiring a person? Uh, is your TV show going to interfere with your job? That's the only question I would have. So it's Austin's birthday and Jessica's trying to make him do something. She's like, pick something from a hat. She put a couple of options and then he picked it and it was camping. The only thing is every option she put in there was camping, which is smart. So he likes camping and they go down to camp and a couple of their friends are coming to join them. And one of the friends is Mindy. If you remember from DC that was stuck with Zach and they're talking about it. She's asking how it is with um, Austin trying to join the National Guard. And she's like, oh, they dropped that. And she just slips it in there like, yeah, the guy I'm dating is in the National Guard. So he ships away. And I was like, oh, yay, Mindy. And she's like, it's going well. She looks all happy. And Jessica asked her, are you divorced? And she goes, yes, we just signed yesterday, but Zach hasn't signed because the lawyer misspelled his name. His last name is Justice. How does a lawyer misspell Justice? <laughs> the irony also that it's Justice. But, <laughs> but I'm just like, how long does it take to get a divorce? Because DC, this is two seasons ago, and they filmed before it airs. That's a long time. It is a long time, but I think we have to... Okay, so DC aired... In January of last year, right? Of 2020. Yeah. So you can't file for divorce until the show is over. And the show wasn't over till like, the spring, like, May, right? Yeah. Like, April, I think. Yeah. Uh, maybe COVID put everything back. You know. So, yeah. I mean, it hasn't even taken a full year to get this divorce. Which, yeah, it feels like a long time. Because, you know, they got married in, like, the summer of 2019. Um, for this eight-week marriage, it seems to be taking a long time. But... They couldn't really file for anything until after the show stops airing. So the other thing I the other thing I thought about was like, I wonder if Marita Forsyth is the one who chooses the lawyer and they went cheap and they got someone who cannot spell justice. So <laughs> <laughs> Marita Forsyth, get it together. Get these people a good lawyer. That's the least you can do after you match them with people like Zach and Brandon and Michael and all these other jokers. Katie. Like <laughs> get a good lawyer for these people. Yeah. Yeah. And the last thing really is that Austin is 29. Oh my God. He's young. (laughs) Yeah. That's all I have for couples cam. Nothing so exciting. But to me, the most exciting was Mindy making an appearance. So how about you, Aid? What happened on Unfiltered? 
So on Unfiltered, as I mentioned before, they're doing it virtually. Jamie's probably in Florida, and they are probably in Atlanta. Um, Jamie has switched outfits, and because I was so uh, unkind about her last dress, I really like her sweater combo that she does now. It's an, like just a black shirt with a nice casual looking sweater, and I just think it's real cute. This That's week, nice of you, Aid. <laughs> even though we don't like her, I like to be fair. Yeah, um, always be fair. Haley, Ryan, and Eric, and it is Haley and Eric's first appearance on Unfiltered. Oh, Ryan is wearing a Black Lives Matter T-shirt, and he is also has a mustache that is just—I don't even know how to describe it. It's like he gelled the ends into a curl. Um, does he have that now, or didn't he have that? Okay, maybe he didn't. He has a mustache on the show. Yes, but the mustache is like. I don't even know what era it is where men were curling the ends of their mustache <laughs> looking like <laughs> looking like a circus master. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh. So the highlights from Unfiltered, they play the clip of Eric being drunk and talking about how much he likes Virginia. And Jamie asks him, were you tipsy? And he's like, yeah, we were having fun. Um, and everybody, you know, just kind of laughs. It was it was nice. They show Virginia talking about the guy friends. And he said, like, in the moment, the conversation got out of hand on my part. He does believe men and women can be friends. He forgets how the he said it, but it didn't know that he didn't know that it was to that extent. And had he known about her whole like crying thing with Clara, he would have comforted her. Oh. Ryan says that he does believe guys and girls can be friends and all of his friends and the people in life have had an influence on him, including the husband that I am now. That is a quote. <laughs> Ooh. And they let that stay? I know. I was like, is some editor messing up on the job? And Eric is like, I know she has guy friends. I understand that. I look forward to meeting her guy friends. and I'm sure we'll all hang out together in the future. We watched the awful Jake and Haley conversation about affection where he's like, you know, what, where is the affection? Why can't we? And, and she says at this point, she's second guessing personalities build attraction at this point. She's not really vibing with his personality. So she's backing away. So, I mean, that was very kind of obvious to see. <laughs> um, then they get into like the drama of last week. And everybody laughs awkwardly. <laughs> like, okay, I guess we have to talk about this. Eric reiterates that, like, it wasn't good. He didn't think a man should talk to a woman like that. He felt like he needed to, to vent, defend Virginia more. And he didn't know what to say or how to go about it. I noticed in this unfiltered that Ryan is so thoughtful when he speaks. So thoughtful, well-reasoned arguments. Definitely Switzerland, as you said last week. But the way he speaks is, like, very impressive to me. Um, I, I think it's impressive, but I think the first thing you said, it's there's a lot of thought put to it because I still think he's very image conscious. So he doesn't want to say the wrong thing. He just wants to come off a certain way. So. I think he wants to come off a certain way, but I also think that he wants whatever comes out of his mouth to be reflective of his actual thoughts. And 
Yeah. That's why he's very thoughtful about what he says. Like, he just doesn't just say things. Yeah. Um, but Ryan says, I do think it was two people communicating and trying to resolve something, but collectively as a group, we were communicating enough to get our points cro- across, but no one was really listening to hear. And Haley says that everybody was coming from a place of concern. And Eric said he wants the best for Paige. If she wants to work on her relationship with Chris, he wishes them the best. <sighs> so then they go to the like dinner party part. Once again, everybody's like, oh, goodness, tensions were so high. And Ryan said the conversation was doomed to fail before it started. Eric said that he should have sat him down alone. Like, the group setting yeah. wasn't the best. Yeah. <laughs> Haley said, I wasn't there. I had nothing to do with it. I was just eating my popcorn on the side. <laughs> 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 she does genuinely think that both Chris and Eric were coming from good places. And just it kind of exploded a bit. Eric admitted that if they had been there on time and heard what Chris had said beforehand, um, it would have been better. But he also said, I don't know why Chris didn't wait for us. I was like, maybe people don't want to wait all day, every day. (laughs) You know when people are like taking responsibility, then they just have to slide something in there that's like, but I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe he said that. Like, you came late. There was a time. Um, Haley provides an explanation about girls' night. Which the one? thing about this explanation is that it's going to sound a smidge different from the explanation we will hear in the actual episode. So her explanation is that it was a girls' night. She had texted the girls. She went to Eric and Virginia's room, and then Eric wanted to go down with them. Then Clara was coming, and... Ryan was supposed to go and, like, bet at the casino, but then he ended up hanging out. So she said it started as a girls' night and turned into those two tagging along. It was nothing intentional, but I genuinely needed a break. So what was it? (laughs) Well, I think, um, I I think it sounds similar, but when we get into their scene, we see why there might be a smidge. She just doesn't like confrontation, so she altered it a little bit. I think that's part of it. And the guys, you know, completely were supportive of her, like, story. They were like, yeah, it was... Ryan said, you know, we've only known each other for four days. It's very easy to cross those wires and offend somebody. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of it is growing pains. Because, again, for us... We're, they've spread out into seven episodes. It feels like two weeks. But for them, it's like, yo, we just met each other. <laughs> so they don't know how each other operates. So, so yeah, that was kind of it for Unfiltered. Nice. I mean, it sounds like it hasn't been so bad, Unfiltered. It is a pretty good. I mean, you're just watching the whole time, though, like... Who's together? Who's not together? Looking for those clues. (laughs) Okay. All right. So now we go in to our couples and this week's episode. Um, I did want to note that I, as as per usual, looked up the apartment that they're all staying at. It's the Highland Walk Apartments in Atlanta. 
They are close to the Beltline. They're close to Pont City Market. It's a very nice location. Merit at First Sight always does a good job with that. With the furnished apartments? Yeah, I mean, the furniture in the apartment is always sketch. But the apartment's location always seems to be, like, a part of town that I would want to live in if I lived in that city. Like, centrally located. Yeah, they don't skimp on money in that. But I, I do, I don't know if you noticed, but in general... It seems like the housing situation in Atlanta is just great because I thought everyone had a great house. <laughs> and then last year you didn't like anybody's house. And to me, they, they all have the same thing, the granite countertop. The, these ones seem to be a little bit bigger, I guess, than the New Orleans ones. But, I mean, ba- same basic amenities. No, it was nicer. New Orleans did not do it for me. Mm-mm. But, yeah. So we start with Eric and Virginia. They, uh, they come in, you know, they do, everybody does a little, like, we're leaving Las Vegas, we're going home video. Um, they both seem pretty excited to go home together. And then they get to the apartment and they walk in and they look around. And first thing we see is them looking at wine glasses. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. They talk about the animals and she's used to having her space. That bed looked very small. Um... It looked like a full bed. Yeah. They just joke around and say, we're going to be nice and cuddly. So then they have a discussion and Eric is like, how are you feeling right now? I mean, you haven't lived with someone. And Eric then says, I've done it before. So I understand how it works. You have to compromise (laughs) things. And Virginia says she needs her space. I understand what he's saying. But that also sets up a thing where like, oh, Virginia, if you don't like something or if you want something, then it must be wrong because you don't have any experience. I'm the one who's lived with someone. Yeah. I think Eric is a mansplainer. (laughs) (laughs) He just has it written all over him. But I didn't also understand. I don't if you remember the conversation where they were talking, she was talking about him not being around for their kid And I was just confused as to, you've been telling us that you want your space. You actually are married to someone who is going to give you space. So what is the complaint exactly? This poor man is so confused. He's like, she needs space. Like, my job provides her space. (laughs) Hopefully she needs space when I'm gone, not when I'm here. (laughs) It's all semantics. We'll see how this plays out. But yeah, it's, it's, it's... you're right. It makes it doesn't seem to make much sense. Um, so Eric goes over to Virginia's house and he says he likes it. It's very homey. She makes a joke about how it's the dog's house, not hers. Then they have a conversation about cat allergies. I guess she has a cat, but she's not bringing it because he's allergic to cats. He's like, I took allergy meds before I came over here. And she, he's like, sometimes I go to people's houses and don't even notice they have a cat. And she accuses him of having a fake allergy. Did you believe him? I did believe him. I was like, if someone told you they're allergic to cats, he's not anti-animal. He's not telling you not to bring your dog. I'm the wrong one, though. You know, like, I don't care for animals, so I don't understand the people and their animals. Yeah, I'm with you, but at the same time, I believed him. But then as the conversation went on, I started to doubt, like, is this man lying? Because, you know, there's some people, like, they really like dogs, but they can't stand cats. They're just team dogs (laughs) all the way. Because he made a comment, like... I went to someone's house and the cat was just, I never saw the cat and he was just like, I think he finds them creepy or something. I'm just thinking for this guy, but I'm just, I feel like he didn't just want cats because then he went, I'm allergic, but I couldn't see it, but I was allergic, but it's not that bad. 
but then I tear up, but then I took allergy medicine, but then nothing happened. It was just weird. It didn't seem like it was true, but we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. So then they go to Eric's condo and I, I like his condo. Yeah. It's very like modern. Like it looks really nice. He has this fireplace remote, and he's like, this is for the ladies. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, lady. He shows her his playroom. He doesn't sing, but he has a guitar. He says his friends come over. She says there's a lot of airplane things. She doesn't envision living here. She's like, I don't think he has a single picture hung anywhere. They talk about finding spots for the cat litter box. And she says we might have to just sell it and start over. Just a suggestion, though. And he said, I want to buy a house. And she's like, oh, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> didn't that happen to Christina and Henry <laughs> no it was Brett and Olivia sorry <laughs> the what the I don't like your house no the house so we're gonna buy a house somewhere and Brett was like we'll talk about it later <laughs> because he was like I'm not staying married to you <laughs> what? um I don't know if Virginia is the same as Brett but I think it's real I, I, if you don't like something, you're entitled to not like it. But it's like, there's no pictures hung anywhere. Well, bring your pictures over. Like, these just don't sound like deal breakers for a living situation. Uh, you're talking about someone who thinks not drinking is a deal breaker or a huge slight. So, I'm not shocked. <laughs> so, they're getting ready for Pastor Cal to come have his session. And she pours a ball of some wine and she's like I haven't been drinking much <laughs> and Eric says it's half gone and she goes that's why I buy the boxes <laughs> this girl likes her boxed wine which a lot of people I've heard the boxed wine is not what it used to be <laughs> yeah I don't know I haven't had boxed wine in man forever but I feel like there's now a lot of variety like it, it, it might taste good but it's probably for like convenience so, I don't know. So, they sit down with Pastor Cal. Eric says, overall, it's going so well. I'm like, are you supposed to bring wine to marital counseling? Is that a thing? They're the first. Uh, <laughs> We've never seen anyone come with beverages. <laughs> Not even Christina and Henry, and they always had a beverage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, Pastor Cal says, talk about the age difference. Eric says the number, not really. It's the life stage. And I agree with him there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he says she hasn't had the kind of relationships that I've had. And Eric's like, I understand what goes into it and what we both need to bring. And she, Eric says that he thinks that she thinks it's a boyfriend-girlfriend thing instead of a marriage. Virginia said I was doing something somewhere and he, he, was, he wasn't there. And he was mad that I didn't text him when I got there. And then when she was leaving, he said, be careful. And she got offended. Virginia says, I think it's weird to expect someone to text you when you get somewhere. Another night, she said she was going to see friends. And there was like a weirdness about telling versus asking. And Eric said, I didn't want her to ask permission. I just wanted her to ask if it was okay. Weirdly enough, I, I kind of understood what Eric was saying there. It's like, when you are a couple there's like a certain way to communicate that you are making plans that's not so much asking permission but it's also not telling because like what if you have plans for like you know what I mean 
Oh, absolutely. Like when you said weirdly enough, I'm like, it's not weird. It's what you do. <laughs> I just don't know what Virginia is thinking. Like, you know, I, I it sounded weird when Eric was like, oh, I've been in a relationship. I know what it takes. But there may be a reason why he's saying that because he may be saying normal things and she'll probably be like, what? Like we're RSVPing to a wedding and putting your name down and she'll be like, why? <laughs> so, <laughs> so maybe that's why he's like, I know what it takes because nothing he said was crazy. Like, be careful. Like people say, even regular friends are like, text me when you get home. It's not checking in. It's concern and care. And apparently that's bad. <laughs> Virginia doesn't seem to want it. The next part was... Where I was, yeah. So she's like, sometimes I pass out on my guy friend's couch. And Pastor mm-hmm. Cal is like, no, that's not okay. And it's not controlling. His reason for why it's not okay, sketch. sketch. If my wife falls asleep on a guy's couch, that's not okay. Secondly, some idiot might take advantage of her. These are things that you have to consider when you're married. And Virginia's like, I'm not passing out on random guys' couches. It's my two best friends. They live a block apart. They're like my gay best friends that he asked if they're gay. She's like, well, they're not gay. (laughs) (laughs) And Pastor Cal is like, you can do that when you're single. But what she was saying, I mean, if you have a spouse at home, you, am I crazy? You can't be passing out on other people's couches to spend the night. At all. You, you, it's it's just strange. Like if like maybe you drank too much and you absolutely need to, but the way Virginia is saying it, remember there's a schedule. It's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I, I'm not sure if Sunday's included. She didn't say Sunday. I actually saw a replay of that clip. <laughs> okay, and yeah, I was like, she didn't, right? <laughs> so if you're doing Sunday. that every week <laughs> and you're passing out and there's a guy, there's a husband at home, that's just strange and my thing is Pastor Kyle's thing okay I get what Pastor Kyle was trying to say but that's not my number one reason for me it's just respect for my husband like why am I just I have a husband at home and I'm just passing out at my guy like again if she's so married and so into her friend group my whole only question is why did Virginia think she was ready for marriage like what did she think it was and the, this is the other... Well, here's a question. He is gone four days a week. On the nights that he is gone, is it okay for her to sleep over on a couch? Oh. No. Because, again, my people, reason... I'm like, yes. Well, not yes, but I don't want to sleep to know because, well, what what is waiting for you at home? Nobody. So what, what does it matter whether you pass out on someone's couch because you're drunk? Because that's why I said my number one reason is... Listen, I know Pastor Kyle said you're worried, and I, I do, to some extent, always believe, like, you just never want to put yourself in a situation, because, you know, there are people, or we all know of people, or heard of people who have suffered sexual assault from people they know. Again, I'm, this is the extreme. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I think that's what Pastor Kyle was alluding to, especially with alcohol. And then for people, for some people who have had a guy friend, it's just alcohol. Like, it's just a situation kind of deal. Don't put yourself in that situation at all. But for me, I'm saying, like, it's just a respect thing. I don't know. How would you feel if your husband tells you or your boyfriend, oh, no, I'm just crashing at this girl's house. Like, flip it. It just sounds weird. And they tell you. It really comes down to this, like, why did you get married? If you wanted to be out on these streets doing whatever, like, then don't have a person who 
you are responsible to and they're responsible to you sitting at home. Yeah, Virginia is not ready to leave the streets, yo. Maybe she is, but maybe she's on a journey. But this this episode, there was a lot of people just saying things and I'm watching <laughs> and I'm like, she really just said, you know, I sleep on guys. I think it's okay to sleep on a guy's couch as a married woman. And did I, at the time I was like, I don't have an intellectual reason why this is wrong, but it sure does sound wrong. <laughs> I think for me, it's because if, it was every now and then. Like, again, don't drink and drive or if it's someone you trust. And like you said, if Eric is not home, yeah. But the way it sounds, she says all the time. And I'm like, so we're just going to make it a habit? Like, you just call Eric and say, well, you didn't want to drink with me and I'm drunk, so I'd rather just pass out, see you in the morning. So when it's like all the time, every week, that's kind of strange. Now, if it's every now and then and that's a friend, I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's the difference, at least for me. I would very much like to see the practical application of this philosophy over the next coming <laughs> seven weeks for these two. <laughs> I would like to see what ends up happening. Well, that's but why I'm... she wants a husband to drink with her. So they'll pass out at the friend's place together. Okay. Why aren't they drinking at her house, right? <laughs> Isn't that an option? And then they go home and you pass out in your bed. I bet like... you those two friends live closer to the bar than she does. I don't know. It's just, it was just a lot of, okay, but yeah. I think what was shocking for me is, you know, I've been very, I feel like I've been after Eric for all kinds of things. This is the first week where I'm like, this man is not crazy. I mean, he's, he's got some valid yeah. points there. And what makes it worse is that she's stubborn. Like she's married to the idea, like, no, I'm a party girl. I'm a drinker. I will always be a drinker. And I don't get, because you could tell, like, she wasn't convinced by what Pasakal was saying. She was looking like, okay. So I'm like, when you get married, I think stubbornness is one of the things you kind of have to put at the bottom of the pile. Because uh, you got to compromise every now and then. So on to Brianna and Vincent. They're also in Vegas, coming down the elevator to go home. And she says, I'm so excited. He's so nice. <laughs> so they get to the new place. She says, don't forget to take off your shoes. And then he forgets to take off his shoes. Then she talks about how one of her quirks is picking up behind people. So while they're in Vegas, she would just be, and they even show video clips of her following around, organizing and cleaning. And he never says that it bothers him. Now she's <laughs> now she tells him, hey, he says he's going into the bathroom, whatever. She's like, don't forget to clean up your beard. They have two bathrooms and he says, you know, I'm concerned about leaving stuff all over the place and like making a mess. You know, I'm a man. So there's a second bathroom. He's like, this can be the messy bathroom. And she's like, no, it's got to be clean. <laughs> you know, how you're watching something and you're like, there's nothing bad that happened here, but all of it sounded bad clipped together. Yeah. So Pastor Cal comes to visit. Um, he asks how they're feeling and they're both, you know, so happy Vincent says, he's, you know, she's exactly what I was looking for. And when she came down the aisle, it just felt like, you know, we were meant to be. And Brianna basically says the same things. And she said, you know, when Pastor Cal asked them, like, what do you like about each other? They were very quick with their answers. Not just like, oh, we're attracted to each other, but like specific things about their personalities that they both like about each other. And she said he's very, very kind. And they talk about like his business and, you know, him being motivated and he like has made, 
I'm not going to lie. Like, it's a bit of a, a moment when he's like, I've told her we're going to be well off and you're going to have everything you want. I was like, oh, God. Aww. So, Aid, I have to stop you because I need to ask a question. There is a part with Pastor Cal when he's saying the nice things about her. And I'm going to quote what he said because I just, I, I have a question about it. He said, I meant to, I just felt like I meant to be with her for the rest of my life. Pastor Cal is like, wow. Vince is like, she doesn't know that. And then Pastor Cal asked her, how does it make you feel? And then there was all this rom-com music and all that. It was excessive. Do you feel like there was like some kind of weird edit? Because honestly, I thought he said, I love you and I missed it. But did you catch that or is that just me? Because I was so confused. Like, what did he say? Oh, the part where I wondered if he had ever told her that we were meant to be together for the rest of our lives. I interpreted that to be like something he hasn't said before, but now he's saying it in front of Pastor Cal. But maybe you're right. He said something else and they did some Franken editing. Oh, I, oh, well, yeah. Or maybe it was because when he said, I'm meant to be with you for the rest of my life, I honestly didn't think that was a big deal. But Pastor Cal was like, wow. And I'm like, uh, okay. I mean, is that the whole plan when they married her? You tell that to some of these other couples. If they said that to each other, don't you think it would be a big deal? <laughs> I mean, I guess. But I, I literally rewound because I was like, uh, did I miss something? Because everyone, because she's like, that makes me feel good about, okay. I just wanted to check. <laughs> Pastor Cal just looks so pleased with himself. He looks <laughs> like the cat who got the cream. He's so happy. He's like, look at the good job we did with these two. <laughs> and Brianna says something she likes about Vincent is that he is someone I could be myself with. Yeah. And finally, Pastor Cal makes them talk about, okay, you guys really like each other, but there are going to be challenges. <laughs> what issues do you see? And there's a little bit silence. And then Vincent is like, well, you know, I've always been huge about respect. And Pastor Cal asks, what does that look like? And he goes, Brianna's very direct. I beat around the bush. I was like, oh, Lord. <laughs> And then he starts with, it's not what you say, it's how you say it that's key for me. And Pastor Cal, like, really digs in there. He's like, is it the tone? Vincent says, nothing good or bad, it's just how you communicate. And she says, I don't want to come off as I'm being rude. I'm assertive, but I don't want to come off a certain way. Vincent said he's worried about how she will react when he gets upset. And so he wants to make sure he doesn't get upset. And Pastor Cal, see, Pastor Cal did some good work in this episode, I must say. Because he always, he always does on air. He does. <laughs> because he says, uh, this whole like never getting upset thing is not gonna work. You're gonna get upset, but you guys have to understand how you're gonna like get through it and communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. And Vincent ends with we communicate different ways. So Aww. I felt bad for Brie because you could literally see her face seeing her bubble bust in slow motion. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, it, you know, we go on and Vincent comes to... They did this a little bit um, different order than everybody else. They talked to Pastor yeah. Cal and then they went to the houses. So Vincent comes to Brie's house. They have this whole thing about her TV leaning forward. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is leaning. <laughs> <laughs> And then, you know, going into the closet. The closet thing was very reminiscent of Woody and Imani in the closet. Um, <laughs> uh, he makes jokes about her donating. Do you keep your shoes in a box? No. Who are these people keeping shoes in boxes? 
my husband does. He had <laughs> when we moved in together. He had to get rid of them though. It takes up space. What people don't people say it doesn't is to preserve. I don't know what it is, but I don't get that logic. But a lot of people I know do keep their shoes in a box. A lot of people on the show keep their shoes in a box. It's <laughs> I, I thank you for pointing this out. I'm like, if I can't see the shoes, then I forget I own them and I forget to wear them. So I need my shoes <laughs> to be out of the box. Oh, I do want to point out that when they went to the houses, they did give me my kiss since everyone's like, you know, keeping their PDA, but they gave me my kiss. So I'm pleased. She goes over to his place. She says that she's surprised that it's so clean because when they're in Vegas, she was, you know, clean up after him. Then they get home. They want to pop champagne to celebrate, you know, their place and living together. And Vinny pops a champagne and makes a mess. And even I was like, you're supposed to be champagne Vinny. and she makes a couple of small jokes leave it to you and i i really was like oh these people are about to fight over some spilled champagne (laughs) so she you know he says a couple more things or does a couple more things and then she like takes him to a bathroom or a closet or whatever and is like is everything okay and he's like no it is not um, I didn't like the way you spoke to me. So they come out of the closet. She gets ready. She changes. And then they get in bed. And he says, I'm just tired. She's trying to make like cute talk. She's like, you ready to come home to me every day? And he's like, I'm just tired of your smart comments. And Brianna is very confused, as are the rest of us, to be honest. Yeah. She's like, what did I say? And he said, I thought you were being smart with me. A lot of smart comments that I didn't appreciate. And she asked him, was like, what, what did I do? And he said, show me some respect. And sometimes you belittle me and I don't like that. And you're like like saying things like Vinny is not so intelligent. Vinny is an idiot. And she's like, I wouldn't call anybody an idiot. So she says, I don't like how you're turning this on me. I don't like it. I feel like I don't want to talk about it anymore. And Vincent says, I can always go back home. And that is what he proceeds to do. (laughs) Oh, the cardinal math sin. You do not pack up your things and go home. That's why they give you a two-bedroom. Maybe it's because we saw what appeared to be, like, most of what happened with the champagne. You're just like, Vinny, you look crazy right now. You look real crazy. And especially now, looking back on it, like, he was, like, joking around with her about the closet thing. And that was, like, cute. So why is her joking about the champagne thing? Like, you are so disrespectful. It was so strange. Okay. I see where he he is coming from, but clearly there's an insecurity that was triggered. I, I do feel that Vinny is insecure about... Uh, he didn't go to college, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah. I'm not sure, but I, I don't think so. I think he's insecure about that, especially with that mention of you know, his ex not being supportive, that he wanted his business. And that's why he's so driven. It's kind of like proving, like, even if I didn't go to college, I can still be successful. So any little thing kind of makes him feel like you're calling me dumb, you're putting me down. And, you know, Brianna is like a successful person. And the other side of it is, I don't think Brianna meant anything by it. I don't, like, we saw that. And I I identify with Bri in this regard. Like, you're just saying stuff like, oh, that's so you and that's so whatever. But I can see how you have to respect how the other person is receiving it. He definitely went overboard. But you can see clear, like, it was very clear that she had no idea what she had done. So that's how you even know that that wasn't malicious. Like she didn't, 
mean anything. But I think it's just a thing of early days. They just met each other. They don't understand each other yet. But it might be a long-term thing. Like, they just Yeah, because finish. just like they talked about with Pastor Cal, like, is she supposed to go through life, like, always making sure to not get Vinny upset? Because this is, like, you're right. It's only been a week. And you do have to learn about what each other's, like, pain points are. But if you can't joke around with each other without one person being like, I'm going home. Yeah. This does not bode well for them. Yeah, it doesn't. Like, he has to get a... I just feel like they keep hinting on... You know how a lot of people always think emotional just means, like, you cry a lot? But Mm -hmm. emotion, like, it runs the gamut. Like, there's a whole bunch of other emotions. I think Vinny's an emotional person. And he's also unfortunately so stuck on don't disrespect me don't make me feel stupid he cannot get triggered every single time so that's something he needs to work on and he has to i think pastor Kyle was the one who said it when these things come up talk to yourself and think of her heart like she said it over and over and over again i don't want to make you look stupid i don't want to come off rude so why would you think that was her intention you have to check yourself also. Not only like say, oh, she's saying this, but also how am I receiving it? But going all the way to your house? Nah, bruv. That was very excessive. Well, I did like the fact that we can clearly see that they go to bed, they shoot bedtime, and that might not actually be when they go to bed. And then there's like two people in the living room, <laughs> the living room. who I assume are the crew, and he just walked right by them. <laughs> I wonder if they sleep in the living room, actually, because someone has no. to be there. No, they sleep in another apartment. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, Um, you know, it's all growing pains. I still have faith in them because they're both, you know, level-headed people. So, but again, hopefully one person doesn't tap out. Like, Bree's just like, listen, I'm not work- walking on eggshells the entire time catering to your feelings. One last thing. Did you notice that she always reverts to a baby voice when she's with Vince? It's kind of cute, but she always, when she's talking to him, she just reverts to a baby voice. Now I'm like, no wonder he's feeling disrespected. What's <laughs> <laughs> Like, there, there, child. <laughs> oh, my God. Now that you say that, I'm like, that's really annoying. I mean, I'm not annoyed watching it, but I could understand, like, why are you? Why? Oh, okay. Well, she's doing it because she's in love. Well, okay. She's in like. So she's just like, hi, baby. Are you ready to spend the rest of your... But yeah, that's true. That could be annoying. I'm just hearing that now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll move on to Clara and Ryan. Um, so Ryan and Clara are getting comfy. And Ryan is saying it'll be good to see what life is like in their day-to-day when they go back to Atlanta. She's like, maybe he can get her into a routine and he is a 10, go to bed at 10, 10, 30 sharp kind of guy. And the music, the clown music comes up and Clara's like, that is early. And <laughs> so because we're highlighting their differences, she says she sleeps at like 1 a.m. And she's in bed like, at like 1230 watching TV or doing stuff. But Ryan mentions that he has to sleep in pitch darkness. They settle on a compromise. I think these two are pretty good at compromises, actually. Like, I've seen a couple of um, things they've talked about, and they come to a resolution. They settle on no TV. She has to make do with no TV in the room, but then he has to be okay with her turning on the fan. So it's going to be cold and dark. 
when they go to bed. I don't know about you, Aid, but every time Clara is in her confessional, I don't know if it's maturity or resignation. She sounds a little resigned every time she talks. Mm-hmm. Yes, resignation is a good description. Okay, because I'm just like, you know, Clara was so bubbly, but it seems like every episode she's muted a little less like every as we go on. So Clara shows up at Ryan's. Um, I noted that they hugged. They didn't give me my kiss, but okay. First thing she notes is that, oh, you have a lot of counter space with nothing on the counter space. <laughs> I don't so know. She said that. a lot of everything's on the counter. Oh, is that what she said? Oh, yeah, I thought she, she said, said everything's on the counter. Oh, okay. I thought she said the opposite, but okay. So for someone that's so together, he opens a cabinet and there's a broken shelf on there. Even worse, there's still food on it. Like, <laughs> what? When he opened up those cabinets, I was like, Ryan needs the home edit to come to his house and organize these cabinets, get him some clear storage. <laughs> so Clara's like, on the outside, he seems clean, but when you start opening the drawers, you see that he's messy. And I couldn't have found a better description of what Ryan is in life, because that's how I see Ryan. I think Ryan is very good on presentation. Ryan wants to present like, not perfect, but like very put together. But like everybody else and the rest of us humans, we have our quirks. So, you know. So she's um, she's showing him her place. And she said she hopes that her place shows her energy. And she introduces him to her dog. And he, you know, he takes it in. He's good. Clara's drawers are very tidy. Like her stuff is folded. I was impressed. Like not the regular. I want to learn how to do that. Marie Kondo aid, Marie Kondo. <laughs> so they were like, they come to another compromise because he's like, well, I'll wash and I'll wash and dry and then you fold. And Pascal is coming in to see them and Clara's like, I feel like I'm going to the principal's office, which made me laugh. I don't know why, but I can see that actually. <laughs> so Pascal asks how everything is going. They both say things are good. Ryan says he's a pessimist at heart. And it's so surreal that the best outcome is what is happening right now. And that he, they were not long ago, they were laying in bed and he looked at her and said, we're going for this. And she said, you bet your ass we are. Now, listeners, he didn't say you bet your ass we are. He said, you bet your butt we are. I just know that Clara did not say you bet your butt we are. Like, it doesn't sound like her. So I think... She said, you bet your ass we are. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure she said that. I don't know why. He is a preacher's kid. Like, yes. preacher's kids know how to do this stuff. You don't use bad potty language in public. Do that behind closed doors. <laughs> so, Clara um, agrees. And then she even emphasizes and says they really haven't had anything that they disagree on so far. And then the question for Pascal is, why aren't they disagreeing? Again, are we watching a different show? We've seen them disagree on stuff. I don't know why they show up and say, well, we have... Maybe they forget. Maybe they're just like in such a haze that they only remember all the parts that they agree on. I don't know what it is, but I'm like, we've all seen it. Religion. Yeah. Uh, Talking. Just... You can't say everything that comes out of your mouth. <laughs> They, they I go to bed disagree. early. 
I'm not a routine person. I go on the fly. Like, there's a lot. But my guess is that Ryan has had a talk and is like, we are putting on a united front. We're not going to look stupid on TV. (laughs) (laughs) You got me? And she was like, yes, sir. (laughs) Because I'm so confused. So... Pascal can 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 see through the bullshit because he's like, um, yeah, I bet if I probe, I'll probably find something. Like they're they're there, they're there. So he asks about their intimacy, which makes me just wonder, like, where is Dr. Viviana? Like, I don't know when this has it all it hasn't always been like this. Pascal was not the person, the expert who used to go to all the houses. They used to split it between each other, but I don't know if it's corona. I don't think it's corona because the previous uh, season, it was Pascal, right? Yeah. He asked about their intimacy, and this was so awkward. Like, they fumbled until Ryan is just, like, Clara was like, it's good, he's good, and then Ryan eventually is like, I'm very physically attracted to my wife, and then Pascal is like, okay, I don't need that much detail or what it's good. Like, have you consummated the marriage? And surprisingly, they have not. Were you as shocked as I was? I was, because, which also <laughs> reminds us that Virginia and Eric have consummated marriage. They told Pastor Cal that. Um, yeah. I was shocked because I thought the last episode she had said that they had. So I was like, wait, maybe they haven't? She said we have a physical relationship. So maybe we took that to mean they were having sex, but they weren't having sex? Yes, because she said we're physical and it's good. We're good in that area. But Ryan has said we should keep it private. I don't know. Do we think Ryan is controlling? I'm torn. Too early to tell. Possibility exists, but it's too early to to tell. Okay. Um. Yeah, because honestly, I had already written in my notes that I don't think we've had a season where all four couples have had sex by the time they came back home. But I guess that record still stands because they haven't. But, um... Clara says, like, we haven't had sex, but that doesn't mean we're not doing anything, that we're doing nothing, and what we're doing, we're doing it well. Um, everybody seemed to think that was so funny, including Pascal. I was just like, okay. But um, I guess it's a everything but situation that they're in. He asks if it is a conscious choice, and Clara immediately looks to Ryan. She didn't respond. And then Ryan goes on about how he wants them to develop and grow. And Pascal says, are you okay with it? And I feel like Clara was very careful with her words. And she's like, well, I'm willing to take things slower than I'm used to. It sounded like a question, but she was answering. The answer is no. That was the answer. (laughs) The answer is no, I am not okay with it. But I mean, it's okay to not be okay with it. And still, you know, that's you're in a partnership. You have to both be okay with it. So, yeah, you, sorry, Clara, but it sucks to be you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, at least he's not like li- leaving her out in the cold. They're doing stuff again. If it's an everything but, I mean, she should get her rocks off on that. That's not like crude. I didn't mean that. I just meant, you know, it'll pass till they get to the real deal. So Pascal asks, how do you know when you're in love? Again, she looks to Ryan. Ryan is like, well, I've never said it. He'll know when it's a feeling he can't explain. Pascal goes on to say, love is a principle. And he references him saying that he, he references the earlier saying when he said we're in the bed and we're like, let's do this, that it sounds like you're committed. And what does that mean? And Ryan says that commitment to him means like he's here for Clara. 
and she's all that he's thinking about. And Pascal says, see, that you shouldn't be afraid, that he doesn't want him to be afraid of the word, which I thought was really good advice because I can see that happening. Like, you've never said it. So you become so focused on, oh, my God, I've never said it. It has to be the right time. But don't be focused, but be more focused on your actions reflecting the word. Ryan says, sure, which he says a lot. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> Leave the man alone. <laughs> Everybody's allowed a verbal tick. They sure are. They sure are. I know I have mine. So they talk about her biggest fear, which is that she's scared that she's going to fall in love with him and he's not going to love her back. And Pascal does say when you're open like you are, you're susceptible to hurt. But he's believing that Ryan is not going to hurt her. So our next couple is Haley and Jacob. Haley is in the, um, she does the self video that everybody does, but she does it by herself. Um, she says, I'm by myself. Um, he, she gives her side of the story. Um, I ended up meeting a couple of the girls at the bar. I texted him to let him know. There was no text in the story that she sold on Unfiltered. <laughs> <laughs> he blew up on me and accused me of having a boyfriend back home, which is news to me. I thought we'd get it this morning and he'd apologize. And he didn't. We just got ready in silence. She's like, I have been single for seven years, so I didn't pop up a boyfriend out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> that was a huge leap. You're just acting like someone, like, he was so triggered, and he, from nowhere, he's like, you have a boyfriend somewhere. I'm like, whoa, buddy. So they walk in the apartment, and she said, do you want to tour or talk? And he said a little bit of both, but we haven't been talking all day. And Haley's like, well, do you know why I didn't want to talk to you after last night? And Jacob is like, well, it started way before last night. Last night, it was because you won't talk to me. You're acting like you've been seeing someone else or something. Haley is so genuinely hurt by this. She's <laughs> just like, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> um, um, she says she's insulted. And Jake says, well, that's how you've been acted. I've just never felt like energy just completely cut off the way that you did. He says, if you need a break, you, need, you could just tell me. You said it was a girl's night and, you know. If if the guys are coming, you should have said you want you do you want to come? But these little white lies, they add up. I've had things happen in my past. It messed with me and I lost trust. The cordial thing would have been to invite me. And she's like, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But the first two days we didn't know each other. And I was trying to lean into the situation. And as we got to know each other, I started to see things I didn't like. So then I started pulling away. And I'm really insulted that you're assuming that I'm a liar. And Jake is like, I didn't assume you were a liar. You lied. And what's, <laughs> what's killing me is that you don't have accountability. And she's like, I have not been able to eat for two days because this made me so upset. And he says, I don't even know who the experts matched me with. The first two days, Haley, or actual Haley. And he tells yes, her he's frustrated. <laughs> and he doesn't know how they're going to make this work. And he, he told the experts he doesn't do well with people that are high-strung. She's like, now am I strong? And he's like, well, yeah, your anxiety. And Haley's like, so now you're diagnosing me with anxiety? <laughs> and Jake oh says, anyway, I guess we can finish the tour. I don't think we'll be here very long the way things are going. <laughs> we have, Haley's like, we have two different realities. And Jake's like, we have actual reality and Haley's bullshit. And you know, this is one of those terrible arguments where you're like, I don't really know what you guys are arguing about. <laughs> Like, we started with arguing about the actual bar situation. Then there's the you're cheating on me. Then there is 
our ma- actual marriage and how it's going and you pulling away after two days. They just all got clumped up into this long, terrible argument. I, it's a combination, but I gotta say that this was entertaining. I mean, not for them, but it was but just entertaining. <laughs> it's so entertaining because Jacob is ready. That boy is ready with his points. It doesn't matter what you say. He has a comeback, and whatever he's saying is fact, except accusing her for having a boyfriend. That was a huge leap. So I was on Team Jacob in this um, argument because he had valid points. He was clearly triggered. Wow, the men were triggered this episode, huh? But Haley pissed me off because I think she was playing victim, and he was absolutely right. She was not taking accountability. Like, the least you could have done is, I need space. All the guys are here. I'm okay, but, you know, I need space. I just need... Because he he said that last episode where I felt her pull away. So I was just giving her space and let her, you know, regroup. And I she just seemed like a liar. I'm not going to lie. I would have said the same thing. But I think where Jacob messed up was that he just came on too strong. He could have made his point in a gentler, kinder manner. So... They wake up the next day. Now he's apologized, which he kind of should have because you're right. He, it's like when someone <laughs> works themselves out of being right into being wrong. That's what I <laughs> Like you, you had the high ground and you kind of surrendered it by throwing out some stuff that wasn't relevant to what she actually did. Sorry, did you see that Haley woke up and just went to the bathroom and put on concealer without a shower? Yes, because this is all fake. <laughs> she already woke up a long time ago. She took a shower. She fucked. Then the camera crew came to act like she just woke up. <laughs> um, they slept in separate rooms, but Jake said that he apologized for what he said. And he's hoping something positive can come out of this. Um, he's, he says he knows. He's, in the, he's like, I'm in the guest room, so I know how it feels to be married. He knows that he messed up and they'll take it one day at a time. So they make it seem all dramatic, but Haley leaving the apartment alone. I was like, where's she's going? And then she's going to her house because that's where everybody went that morning to their house. Oh, I thought she went to work out. (laughs) The next time, I mean, it just seemed to be a thing. Like everybody left and went to their house. Anyway, so he came to her house. Um, She explained that Jake has apologized and she's trying to be open-minded, but she'd be lying if she didn't say that she had reservations moving forward. Um, so he comes to her house and she's packing up stuff. He starts going through her luggage and checking how he said he was checking how short the shorts were. And then he pulls them out and he's like, you know, this is very eighties. And she's like, I wasn't born in the eighties. And that's when I died inside a little, I was like, Oh, that's right. (laughs) I forget there's all these nineties children on this show. (laughs) I would like to point out that Jacob was turned on by that skirt. I don't care. <laughs> you can't tell me nothing. He thought it was an 80s shorts. He pulled it out. He was like, oh my God, this looks like it's from the 80s. And he was just so turned on by it. He's like, it's working for me. I don't know what happened to this guy in his past. What is it about the 80s? <laughs> my favorite thing about this episode was one of my predictions was like, oh, this 80s thing is not going to be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Joke's on me. <laughs> Joke's on you. <laughs> um, she shows him her office. And there's like a closet in there. He opens the closet. He pulls out a blouse. And he's like, this is a Karen blouse. And Haley's like, that's my mom's blouse. And he's like, oh, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> Everybody's got a little Karen as they get older. Is there uh, an original definition of Karen? There's an original. Karen is a term so abused. 
<laughs> the original definition of Karen was middle-aged white women calling the police and putting black people's lives in danger by interfering and calling police in situations that n- did not call for it. Now, some poor middle-aged white woman just wants to talk to the manager and they're like, oh, that's a Karen. Um, <laughs> because, no, the reason why I asked was like, is there an original definition? Because if you pull that out and say it's a Karen, then she says, it's my mom's, I would die because you just insulted my mom. So how do you backtrack from that? <laughs> <laughs> Which, okay, this is the other thing. I'm like, so it's a shirt that looks like a middle-aged white woman would wear it. That's all it takes to be a Karen these days. Yeah. Anyway, he thought it was hers, and he actually <laughs> said it out loud. Like if you thought that, just be quiet. <laughs> Jacob has a lot of issues. He's he just socially awkward. Ah, so he says that her style is modern and rustic, and his style is '80s neon. He likes a neon, unnecessary neon. That's what it's all about. Then I'm really disappointed because I was so excited to see Jacob's house. I was like, I can't wait to see this house we've heard so much about. Mm-hmm. Um, there's three dogs. I'm like, Jesus Christ, are you running a zoo? And then going <laughs> to get to dog people mad at you, Aid. I know. Love you guys. I love you guys. I just don't <laughs> love your dogs. Um, <laughs> he shows her his ostrich boots, 80s sunglasses. He has these random neon paddles on the wall and he said he's bringing them. He shows her the 80s bro room and Haley's like, he was not joking about loving the 80s. I was like, okay. Um, He shows her his bedroom and he shows her um, his members only jacket. She did not know what that means. (laughs) It's like that, do you remember that thing that went around on social media? Like if she doesn't know the colors of XYZ, She's too young for you, bro. She doesn't know. <laughs> she doesn't know what a member's jacket is. She's too young for you, bro. <laughs> and he's like, it's from the 80s and it's authentic. I'm like, authentic members only. She says he feels like mentally he's still living in the 80s, but that all things have to come, all good things have to come to an end. Um Jacob says, you know, things aren't that bad. We don't have any tension. She seems to like the dogs. They do this whole introducing the dogs to each other. It looked like a disaster. At one point, Jacob has to go die for his dog. Haley's, like, trying to protect her dog from his dog. It was was a lot. Um, They they played it in (laughs) slow-mo. And it was just so chaotic. (laughs) So chaotic. And then Haley's discomfort made me tense. Because she's very visibly uncomfortable. (sighs) <sighs> um, so in an interview Haley says they're better than they were they're still not in a great place she's still not feeling the connection and she's looking forward to talking to Pastor Cal so she doesn't feel like she didn't give it her best effort that's not good she's like it's like those people who go to couples therapy even though they know like it's not gonna work <laughs> but at least I can say I tried Pastor Cal asks about the four dogs and they're like, we're still figuring out because it's not going great with the four dogs. Um, actually, when they had all those dogs, I was like, how are they going to film with all these dogs running around? Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was attacking one of the cameramen when <laughs> Jacob was diving to save their lives. <laughs> Pastor Cal asks how it's, going, how it's going and they say it's better now. He asks about sex and they say not currently. 
<laughs> this is death now. She says she's not a big physical touch person. It's like her last love language. It's been difficult for Jacob because he's like, most people by like the third date, like he's like, I'm just asking for a hug a day. Um, <laughs> Jacob very plainly states, I don't think she actually likes me. Man, I love Jacob. <laughs> because when she says I'm not a big physical touch person, Pascal ever for the win. He's like, what does that mean? Because it's some bullshit thing. You cannot tell us that you've had one boyfriend who you've had when you were, what, 16? She hasn't had a boyfriend in how many years? So how do you know you're not a physical touch person if you haven't been in a relationship? And then if you haven't been a, a physical touch person with the person you're in a relationship with, Maybe you didn't like them either. So what does that mean, really, Haley? She said in the beginning she was caught up in the marriage thing in the first few days, so she was doing it for him. <clears throat> but then she started to pull back, and he blew up. He, I think he blew up because he was confused. Oh, Pastor Cal says it's not odd to have arguments. Like, that's normal. Um, and she said, I've never had anyone assume things about me. It was one accusation after the next. I'm high strong. I've got a boyfriend back home. Then Jacob explains that he was thought he was he's had situations in the past where he thought he was in a relationship and he found out that he was just the person the, the cheaty. That's the only that's the only <laughs> word I can come up with. <laughs> she says she doesn't want to hurt his feelings. She's not trying to pick him apart as a human. But Pastor Carol encourages her to tell Jake how she feels. And he says, it's fine. Unload on me. I'm good. She said, when we had our argument, you know, it's not you, but there isn't a connection for me right now. If there was a glimmer of one, the argument pushed me so far out. And that's like hard for her to deal with. Jake says, it's been a lot, obviously, because, you know, that's the phrase of the season. It's been a lot. <laughs> he thought everything was great out of the gate and he felt betrayed when it wasn't. And he's not sure if you even really like me. And Pastor Cal says, what can he do to make you feel a connection? Now, this is where I was like, Haley, come on, girl. She pulls out the 80s. <laughs> as much as they, like, really want to play up this 80s thing, that is not the problem. I actually do think it's valid. because It's, it's much valid, but it's not that. His love of the 80s isn't the problem. Maybe it's like what it represents, but I don't think they have anything to talk about. I don't think they feel a connection. Like what conversations are you guys having about religion or family or kids or what you want for your lives? Like we have seen none of it. Yeah, that's true. I feel like she picked the 80s because it's like the easiest way to say. Yeah. She struggles to converse with him like on a basic level. Yeah, I agree. I just feel like my issue with Haley was like she was not honest completely in the whole conversation. And she kept pulling out like I'm pulling away and that's why after the fight when you said things. But the thing is, she had pulled away before then. And I don't know why Pastor Kyle didn't pull her aside separately to ask if like it's a coincidence that she started pulling away after they had sex. Timing wise, because they've jacked it up so much. It's hard to tell. Like, we, as we assume that she started pulling away after they had sex. But the timing is so weird that I'm not even sure that's true. I think so, but I'm not sure. Jacob said it more than once. Okay. Like, after we had sex, she started pulling away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he did say that a lot last week. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, 
I, I just think like put two and two together. She and she's again watching her always being visibly uncomfortable is very it's I don't like watching that. I don't like you know someone that uncomfortable and she still doesn't want to if she's someone that doesn't like confrontation she's not going to learn it in one hour because Pastor Kyle said go ahead and say it so she was still holding back so I don't know I, I also think that she was playing victim a lot I don't think she was accountable but yeah I don't know but all that being said Aid, I, I, I still have hope for them really? <laughs> yeah I do Let's give them a few weeks. They they just need some time. It's not hopeless, but she really is not feeling him. And I'm not even sure if he is feeling her or if he's just like, I don't want to say the word desperate. I got to get someone before I'm 40. That is what he said. I'm running out of time. (laughs) Anything else on them? No. All right. Let's get into this shit show. All right. I don't even think we eased into the episode or eased into their scene. It wasn't even one second before the shenanigans began. <laughs> because she, we start with a page confessional, and I'm just like, why is she teary-eyed already? Nothing has happened. And then she tells us that she's moving into the apartment alone. And we see Chris just doing a selfie cam talking about, I'm buying a ticket to Chicago because I want a couple of days away. Who does that? How this is, is actually when my hallelujah chorus came in. Because I was like, <laughs> you came back from your honeymoon and you went to Chicago to get away from a couple. And of course, my first thought was, does that fiance live in Chicago? You left. Like, this is over. This relationship's over. Your time on the show is over. This is all over, right? <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah. I don't. You start a fire and then you walk away. That's so crazy to me. On brand. On brand. (laughs) So she says she's going to give him the space that he's asked for to process things. And Aid, you're good with the facts. Do you think, like, how is it that Chris can randomly get a ticket to Chicago because he wants to? Because we had a couple of people tell us that Paige is staying because of the contract. If he can randomly choose that he wants to divert and not come back to Atlanta and go to Chicago. Do you think Paige is staying because of a contract? I mm, I don't think Paige is staying because of a contract. Just the marriage contract. <laughs> Maybe it's too much watching Unreal. You can manipulate and force people much easier with emotions and getting into their feelings than you can saying things like, or I will sue you. Really? As a form of coercion, I would think that production would use the Contract as the last resort and the emotional manipulation as the first. Okay. I agree because I know I've seen a lot of things like, you know, and we've joked around it about them staying, but I don't know that I fully believe that they can control them because we do have, I don't remember her name, but she left Luke like during the honeymoon. She left. So I do think they have agency on what they want to do, but. Who knows? So Pascal says spouses who don't move in together have a challenging road ahead. No <laughs> shit, Sherlock. So, <laughs> I'm like, this man is a joke. What do you mean? Anyway, keep on going. <laughs> so, I mean, once again, whenever it's their segments, the ominous music began. I'm like, what now? And then Paige is doing a selfie cam telling us that she's about to meet up with Chris and to see what he wants to talk about. 
And then we get a title card. Again, this is also like 007, like dun, 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 dun. We get a title card telling us that Chris would not allow production to film the combo with Paige, but he was miked. Like, I'm just glad that Chris has all this power and he can just tell these people <laughs> what he wants to do. That, that <laughs> would be nice. <laughs> so we hear him tell her that he's not the kind of guy that fakes shit and he has to be 100 whether the cameras are on or not. And he's not here to waste his time or hers. And then we get another title card that's like, Chris cuts the mics. Well, Chris and Paige both cut their mics. In my head, I was just like, Paige, tell this man no. I'm going to keep my mic on. But, I mean, I guess that's asking a lot. So the next thing we see is that Paige calls the producer. And you know he or she is a good producer because she immediately records that shit. (laughs) And all we see is a phone just like right there with all the words and Paige is going like well he tells me that he's trying to get back with his ex and he's still in love with her wait this is for sure that she lives in Chicago right yes so he was in a long distance relationship who knows what Chris's story is this is weird so that he's in love with her Paige is crying and saying that he didn't give them a chance and Chris already tells her that he wants to move forward and get a divorce and this man has already spoken to a divorce attorney well I think that's a lie but that's what he told Paige already and Paige is like I cannot believe this and the only thing the producer thinks to ask is so is he coming for the pasta cow I'm like these people have their priorities (laughs) She's like, am I going to get my tape this girl for the is show crying. that I'm making? And going off. And the only thing he thought to ask was, oh, like, what do I got to do? Like, is he coming? <laughs> Paige is like, she doesn't know. And she's like, she feels disgusted for having any type of intimacy with him. And then Paige snaps. And I'm going to read verbatim what she said. <laughs> She takes off her godly woman hat and goes off. She's like, fuck that. I'm (laughs) done. Period. Done with this bullshit. All that motherfucking dramatic ass shit he done dragged me through. Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck that bitch. We have this... (laughs) We have this conversation with Pastor Cal. I'll air out all his motherfucking shit. I'm fucking done with this shit. And then mic drop, she hangs up. Guys, I was like, like, yes, yes. Astro to Tupac's Hit Him Up. If you don't know what that is, look up the song and look up the last verse for Tupac. This is when Tupac had a beef with Biggie and he just cursed everyone and around straight bullets and all. But I was like, Paige, this you? <laughs> I was like, this is the energy that I have needed from Paige for a long time. Ooh. This is what you should be giving Chris day after day. I don't know why you're on the phone with the producer saying this. I want you to say all this to Chris with that same energy and that same profanity. Yes. I was like, wow. So proud of you, baby girl. But <laughs> Paige <laughs> says Chris dropped a bomb on her and she thought that being in Chicago that Chris would reflect on their commitment. <laughs> what about this guy made you think that he was going to reflect? Has Chris reflected in his life? Like, back it up. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Poor Paige. Like, I just think there's a lot. There's a lot she needs to unpack. But Pascal does come by. And she's telling us that she's still saying that she wants to get another person's opinion 
on where she should go from here. Home, Paige. This is where you should go from here. Home. I don't, the fact that she's still pondering and wondering and thinking, that blows my mind. So she tells Pascal that, I mean, Pascal comes in all apologetic, that he knows it's been hard. And she tells him that, yeah, it's been rocky. And she recounts her journey and asks her, do you, you think the producers download the experts, right? It's not the first time. He I knows. Mean, there's no way that Pastor Cal didn't know that Chris's ex was pregnant. Why is that? He's a good actor, though. He's a good actor. He has to know everything, but he does a good job and he listens like it's the first time he's hearing anything. I, I wish I could show you guys through <laughs> through the podcast. Pascal took off his glasses a hundred times. Pascal put his hands in his face a hundred times. He's just like, where? What? <laughs> so. He asked, oh, well, the reason why I asked that is because Pascal asked her if Chris will be joining them. And I'm like, listen, the producer already asked if Chris is coming. You're asking her if Chris is coming. Y'all don't ask her nothing. Ask your, your damn selves. Ask your producers if he's coming. Leave this girl alone. She's been through a lot. So <laughs> he tells her, I need you to feel as though you're being heard. And then he asks about the wedding. And Paige says, I felt a disconnect and I didn't think that he desired me but he still wanted to be intimate and we ended up doing it. Pascal says, I'm assuming you consented to it <clears throat> in my head. I'm like, uh, Pascal, the only answer is yes, because if it isn't, we shouldn't be having this conversation at all. So she goes, yes. And he goes, walk me through it. Why did you say yes? And all I kept thinking was like, I wonder if it would have been better if it was Dr. Viviana, like also being a woman and all that. But you know, Pascal is pretty good at his job. So that's fine. And she says that Chris told her that you're my wife type deal. And she did it more like a duty versus connecting. And A, that just sounded so awful. It sounded awful, but it solved a mystery. Because that morning after, he was saying things. We both agreed to it. I mean, I didn't force you. He said those things, right? Remember? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because you pressured her yeah, into it. Oh, yeah, so that, I don't know. It, it, it sounded casual, but to me, that was just awful because it gets worse. She says that it was an internal battle and she just didn't want to upset her husband. Now, I don't know, for most women that are out there, I, I think there's a term for it, but most women have been in that situation where you're with a guy and you don't want to have sex, but for some reason at that moment in time, you freeze up and you just think like, it's not like actual like physical rape or anything, but you just feel like it's just easier to give in than to say, no, you don't want to. And you just go ahead with it. It's very unpleasant. It's like a phenomenon. I wish I looked up the name. And this just made me think of this because you're just doing it as a duty. So you didn't even enjoy it. And it's just, ugh, that's just gross. I, 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 I didn't think I could hate Chris anymore, but I do. But um, she said she didn't want to upset her husband on the first day of knowing each other. And then the next morning, like Aid said, he wanted the same. And this was news to me. I don't know. I didn't, I don't think we knew that he initiated or asked for it. No, we did not. Oh my God. I mean, we didn't know, but we knew. <laughs> so she also tells him, and then the next morning he tells me, which also makes it worse that he told her, I'm not attracted to you. Um, that he did it to feel close. And then Pascal is like, that's BS. I know I'm not supposed to say that because I'm a pastor, but that is BS. Paige is like, she should have recognized the BS then, but she was committed to the process. So she stuck it through. 
And then he came with another bomb and said that his ex-fiance is pregnant with and is six weeks pregnant. Both of them are just like, what? Six weeks pregnant? We were already knee deep into the process. And I'm like, does that mean they cast a man that was engaged less than three months ago? <laughs> the other thing is, I've been messing around with these timelines. I thought these people got married in June. They got married in August. Um, but yeah, I'm glad they confirmed for us because we've been kind of like, was we in the process? What part of the pro? I mean, I personally believe he never broke up with the girlfriend or fiance yeah. or whatever. But yeah. um, yes, yes. Even by his bullshit timing that makes no sense for conception or whatever, then yeah, they were, they, he was sleeping with his, someone while he was supposedly in the process to get married. Yeah. I, I mean, I think we established, I'm with you, that I don't think they ever broke up and he probably had sex with her up until. But for me, I'm just like, he's been telling us three months, but if they were knee deep and all that, so uh, I don't know. So um, Pascal asked if she continued to have sex with him. Cut me with a knife and slice me open. She <laughs> says yes. It's so bad. It's so I, bad. I'm I'm really sorry, guys, if this is going to be graphic, but all I kept thinking was, how was she able to be turned on? Like, I, I, you know, the, it was a lot. Like, so the day, she said except for two or three days that they continued to have sex. I, the day he told her, oh, I have a child, or the day he blew up on them, like, he turned her on, or how does that work? So he asked her, Again, the right questions. Walk me through this. What is your thought process? But she never really answers the question. She just keeps saying, I know, I know. But I really wanted to know the answer. The next question Pascal asks is, were you protected the entire time? She says, no, never. <laughs> Pascal is at his wit's end. He's just like, Paige, sweetheart, <laughs> why? What? He's not the only one. It's like, I, I feel like this conversation I was like Paige I've tried a little bit for you but I can no longer no longer this is there's it's insane I mean her response to Pastor Cal was insane yeah Pastor Cal is as flabbergasted as we all are and he asks why and Paige has the nerve to crack a joke about his dad talking about a honeymoon baby you took that as a joke yeah I'm hoping I think she took that as serious. Oh, yeah, let's have unprotected sex because my father-in-law, who is the grossest, is like, yeah, honeymoon baby. Let me, let me see if I can make one. Even though you already had a honeymoon baby. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm just sticking with a joke. I'm not going to process anything else other than she said it as a joke. So, Pascal goes, do you even know that you're not? And then she goes, oh, no, thank God, no. I just came on my period. But I got to tell you guys, I thought he was about to say, do you even know that you're not infected with anything? That's what I thought he was going to say. Do you think he was going to say pregnant? I thought he was going to say pregnant. Oh, I did not. Um, oops. <laughs> so she tells him the latest development of him, you know, wanting to get back with his ex. And all Pascal has to say is, I'm so sorry. He goes on to say that he doesn't do it for TV, that this is what he does for a living. He talks and he cancels couples. I'm like, well, Pascal, this is not good for business, buddy. So the ominous music comes up again and like a phoenix in the ashes. No, that's too much credit. Like a roach that won't die. We see Chris. 
We see Chris walk down the hallway into the living room and he just plops himself on the couch and he's like, hey, Paige, hey, Pastor Kyle, like nothing happened. I got to give him props. Like he showed up. I don't know how they did it, but props to them, but he showed up. <laughs> so Chris has the audacity to say it's been a rough emotional roller coaster and Paige is giving him a death stare like she could not get further away from him on that couch she was she like let me put a pillow up put a pillow let me get myself in this corner let me get as far away from this man as i possibly can be <laughs> and then pastor gal asks chris are you sure she's pregnant and my question is is this as rude as um virginia saying is it yours <laughs> but chris confirmed and he says, no, it's mine. I saw a pregnancy test. She went to the doctor. And Pascal asks, so now you want to be with your ex? And Chris starts going on about not wanting someone else to raise his kid. And then the whole process was a think of, hey, maybe a thing of me. Maybe I'm still in love with her. And Pascal says, okay, you broke up with her, right? To be fair, Chris was very respectful. It was all yes, sir, no, sir. He was like, yes, sir. And he was like, but now that reason is invalid. Like, now it'll work. He was being sarcastic, but he's like, it'll work I, now. I felt like Pastor Cal was trying to counsel Chris in his new relationship. And I was like, these no. are not the services that you are here to provide. We don't care if he breaks up with his girlfriend, whether he broke up with her for a reason before. We are here for Paige. <laughs> no, that's true. But he was being sarcastic. He was being like, oh, okay, so now you broke up with her. Okay, now you want to go back? Like, okay, whatever reason it was, it's all gone. And then he was trying to be like, your How is that any of his business? Let him go back to this one. <laughs> and it worked out. And then Chris says, nah, I haven't gotten that far. And Pastor Kyle was like, what? <laughs> oh, man, I can't count, like I said, how many times Pastor Kyle took up his glasses. So Pastor Kyle asked Paige, how do you feel? She goes, listen, I had pure intentions before the process started. I told you guys how I felt. And Chris really chimes in and was like, and I didn't? Um, man, you, you were having sex. <laughs> Knee deep into the process. So no, you didn't. Oh, my God. So Paige was like, no, you dragged me on a roller coaster. But he was like, no, I was direct with you. I mean, in some ways he was, but it took a lot of dragging to come right out, even to tell her that um, his ex-fiance was pregnant. Pastor she Kyle, specifically said he was hot and cold, which, yeah. I, yeah, he was doing the whole, I love you, I'm spiritually attracted to yeah. you, oh, my yeah. ex is pregnant, I might be in love with her, like, hot and cold. Yeah, definitely was. So Pascal says that he, you have not made her feel desired or admired except for sex, and I don't understand why there is sex on the table if there's no attraction. And this coward was like, I'd rather not answer because I don't want to be disrespectful. And oh my God, I would kill to know what he was going to say. But nothing again. He just keeps saying like, I don't want to be disrespectful. Pascal was like, you have a ride or die woman. Listen, I think ride or die is an insult, but that's just me. Because ride or die usually comes with people who are putting up with shit. And he's like, you have ride or die. And Chris is like, yeah, yeah, to her credit, my ex-fiance is also an amazing woman as well. I can't, Aid. I can't. I just can't. I mean, <laughs> this riding or dying, <clears throat> no one should be a ride or die. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. Me and my friend use it as a joke. But ride or die means let me go to jail <laughs> for you. 
<laughs> and I'm like, there's a meme where it's like, where are we going? What are we doing? That's how you need to be. No one needs to be a ride or die. You need to ask you some questions. Where are we going? What are we doing? Yep. You ride, like, I ride away, you die. I don't need to <laughs> die with you. So, this is a Thelma Louise. <laughs> Pascal asked her if she wants a divorce, and I still didn't hear a resounding no. She goes, It doesn't fit in the equation. And then Chris is like, It's what's best for both of us. I'm just mad that he got to decide. Like, I really wanted her to be the one to be like, I'm out. Mm-hmm. But, Chris says, um, Pascal is like, okay, bye. And then that was it. He hugs her, tells her she'd be fine. He he shakes Chris and he's like, make better choices. <laughs> I think Pascal is like, this man is going to be a father to someone. What have we done? <laughs> so, <clears throat> Pascal tells us in his confessional, he's like, I am an optimist, but I cannot say I am not a fan of this marriage and for them to stay together. Which is true. Pascal will fight to the death for people to stay together in a burning house. In a burning house. So for you to get Pascal to be like divorce, you got to be bad, like really bad. So Chris turns the page and he says, "I can't apologize enough, and I hope you don't hate me." And Paige is smiling, and I don't know if it's a genuine smile or uh, I'm smiling so I don't kill you. But before I could even decide, Chris just scoots over to her. Whispers in her ear, Dad, Mike, so I don't know why we didn't get a caption. And he's just like, I got to tell you something. And Paige tells us that he said his fear is falling in love with her. This guy, you remember when I said he's dangerous? This guy's the devil. This is where I was like, oh, we've jumped from asshole to sociopath. Yeah, 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 yeah. This guy is the devil. And then, even more troubling... Paige goes, I thought, you know, I was going to come here. It was going to be a clear, done, and I'm done looking crazy. Why can't we just be a normal, boring-ass couple? And (laughs) he asked for his luggage. He goes, it's in my car. They go to her car to get his luggage. And they literally just stand there in the garage and stare at each other. And then stare at each other until she goes, okay, I'm going to walk away now. I think they thought they were in some rom-com or something. And then they, she walks to the end and then watches him drive away. And that was how it ended. And by God, I thought that we were done, Aid. And then that preview. Preview for next week. And I'm like, Lord, why? What, what have we, we done to deserve do this? this? <laughs> um, I, I, the page. The page. Insult, and for you guys that don't know what we're referring to, we see a preview of Chris wanting Paige to sit with his baby mama. Sorry, I know baby's mother, and to have a conversation. It would never be me. No. <laughs> no. May that entry never be in the life of anybody that I know. Amen. <laughs> time I sat down Amen. with my husband one week. Ooh. I just this is. This is Paige's last episode of getting any type of sympathy from me. (laughs) The minute that man went to Chicago after you got off that plane, there's nothing more to say or do. I'm glad she put him on blast with Pastor Cal. That I was a fan of. But Paige, just like, no. Just let it go. Just Just purge all that evil from you. Go do some healing. Because because the other part of it is like we're so focused on Chris 
And we say this a lot. I don't blame people who are in abusive relationships. Like there are things that happen, but sometimes when stupid thing happens, you also have boundaries where you don't allow it to happen. So for Paige to allow this to happen over and over again, that's something deeper that I think that she needs to take time out and figure out. So this doesn't happen again because we've heard her say that she took care of somebody else's kid before and she wasn't prioritized, but she's 26. I, th- I just don't really have words. I mean, after he's all like, I'm afraid I'm going to fall in love with you. I think Chris can't even stand to see someone go away from him. Yeah. Like he, he needs his ego fed. Yeah. He wants to feel like that was the best thing that happened to you. I'm so annoyed that she didn't break up with him. Yeah. So annoyed. I wanted this to be like a page at some point in this process, getting a clue and just being like, I am done with this. But instead, no, Chris left and then they're still making it seem like Paige might be considering something. Well, we'll, I'm not going to judge her off a preview because those can be misleading. We'll see what happens. But after this, she really needs to be done. She does. She does. Like, just cut that out of your life. It never happened except for airing on Lifetime for seven weeks at 8 p.m. every day, every week. But, you know. We'll join you in acting like it never happened and just move on with your life. Because this is your... Like, he has made a fool out of her. Like, yeah. No. Uh, All right. So, Aid, who has your bouquet for the week? It's like no one got my bouquet for the week because I were... um, My bouquet for the week went to Brianna. Okay. Because I felt like she did her best with this whole disrespect thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going nothing for her labor, <laughs> but she yes. is trying. Um, yes. and I wish her good luck in figuring this out. But I felt like for once it wasn't her being bossy. It wasn't her. It was just something was triggered with him, but that wasn't her fault. Yes, I agree. I, and you'll notice, like, it's not like she did anything exceptional, but no one did anything exceptional this week. So the bouquet had to go to someone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> What, uh, who got your bouquet this week? Um, my bouquet actually goes to Jacob and Haley. For? (laughs) For just giving this a shot. I know that Haley is not into him. I can tell that. But like Jacob says, the first two days, I mean, she still wasn't into him and she was trying, but I think there's something to be said for trying. They're both committed to the process. And I think that for all of Jacob's fault, um, Haley should also recognize like it's it, it, it's not like riding a bike but she hasn't been in a relationship in a while everything she keeps saying is a lot I'm still not convinced that it's because it's because of Jacob because it could be like it's just the person I think it's just getting back into everything being overwhelmed like this might not have been the the way to jump back into dating slash marriage and I just still have hope. So that's why they get my bouquet, really. <laughs> so who has your burnt ashes? Haley. <laughs> <laughs> For that happy hour story, change a And this, I don't like the eight is, is the reason why we're not connecting. I'm sure she said some other stuff too. I just feel like uh, she's not hopeless, but girl, you could. Tr- this, this was not your week. You, you didn't come off great. I agree. She didn't come up great last week either. And you know what? Jacob too, because it's like hard not to be like, um, everybody has triggers, right? So you kind of want to be like sympathetic, like, you know, your triggers came out. 
But to start accuse someone of having a... At this point, actually, I thought, I feel like Chris is having an influence. I wonder if all the other couples are, like, thinking, wait a second, this one had someone back home. What if my partner had someone back home? I wonder if that entered Jacob's mind and, and that was part of his, you know, just losing it. But, uh, yeah, Haley and Jacob were kind of the burnt ashes couple of the week for me. Who was yours? Um, My burnt ash was Virginia. I don't know what she's doing here. She really <laughs> wants to be with her friend, go rent a house and live with them, drink every day of the week, and either that or not be so stubborn. Like, I get it that it's new to you, but then be open to be like, oh, I'll try it out. And that's one thing I really like about Clara. Something happens, it's not her cup of tea, but she's like, okay, we'll meet in the middle and figure it out. But she's just like, nope, this is what I do. We're not doing this. So, yeah, burnt ashes. All righty. So, Guys, we really appreciate your ratings and reviews that you leave us. We love it. We love hearing from you. Um, so this week we had a review from Jossie118. She said, I'm fairly new to the MAFS universe. Welcome. I randomly found this podcast to see if there were people out there who also thought Chris and his problematic father were, well, problematic. <laughs> I feel so seen listening to you, ladies. Keep up the amazing work. P.S. I love this podcast so much that now I'm watching last season. Happy viewing. Oh, thank you. And we have another one from Dean is a schmuck. My only guess is like, this is Dean from Married at First Sight Australia. And yes, he's a schmuck. I but, thought she meant um, Dean from Gilmore Girls, but okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Dean from Mass Australia. That's my guess. So um, really enjoy comprehensive podcast that covers all of the couples, not just the ratings drivers. Excellent chemistry between the hosts, fun and funny. Thank you so much, Dean is a schmuck. And we really want to reiterate that in a time where the world can be really unkind and just harsh and mean, we really, I, we cannot express how much we appreciate your reviews and for being kind and for being encouraging. We really, 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 really appreciate you guys. So thank you. Thanks, guys. That's it for this week. Feel free to find us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That is A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. We love hearing from you guys on social media. We're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for your support and for listening to our show. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, and review us on whatever platform that you listen to us. Hope to see you next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.